Let's relax. All gas, no brakes. You got anything you want to talk about? Uh, I'm just going to give you more of my two cents. All right, but when the topic or the situation is. All right. So, welcome to Own the Podcast, talking about eliminating groupthink and freeing your mind. We're not from the Matrix. This is episode 10. 10, 10 Before 10. I start. Thank you guys to everybody that's been supporting the show right now and sharing it. We finally reached 500 listeners in about, I don't know, three months. Uh, I really don't have many words to say. I can't believe that I made it this far. And with your help, you know, I've been able to have great conversations, meet great people, and ultimately, you know, be able to spread my doctrine to the world that we should all pursue individual success. So uh, keep doing what you guys do. I appreciate the support. Keep sharing. Keep listening. And I have a lot of great stuff in tune for you just like today. So we got a double header. I don't have just one person. I got two. (laughs) So to the left of me right now. I got my boy Sam Kofi. He's back yo, again in here. Yo. Rapping aficionado slash CS student. Thank you. And to the right, I got heavyweight track star Nasir Christian, <laughs> a.k.a. my roommate. <laughs> yo, what's up? He just wants to come in here, you know, hang out and spread a little bit of his wisdom and see what we got, we got to say. So, sure. to start off, Sam, who are you? I'm Sam Kofi. Kofi Opata for the real ones. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who I am yet, but a couple things that I can say to describe myself. I am a rapper. Um, I've been probably rapping seriously since 2016. Okay. About um, definitely been making music for way longer than that. Started kind of like most people just off of a stolen DAW, making beats. What, uh, what DAW? Yo, it was like mix. What was it? It's not a popular one. It was like mix craft or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and my boy Caleb. We used to just make beats in my bedroom and just like they were trash. They were definitely trash. <laughs> I feel like you have to start off kind of bad. I feel like everybody's come across a DAW in their life, but never knew what it was. Like GarageBand. Yeah, he definitely ran into the Apple Store like a nonchalant little kid and went on GarageBand and just started playing. That's true. Facts. That's true. And I did that. Not even a rapper. So yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because like maybe before college, I would have been like, "Yo, how do you make beats?" Or like, "What goes into making beats?" But it's literally GarageBand. Like I know Steve Lacey started making music for oh, the internet off of GarageBand, like off his that. phone. I did not. Know it's that. crazy. That is very crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm mainly on FL now. I don't know how. Y'all scientists be using uh, Ableton. Ableton's for classy figures oh that gosh. stick their pinkies up when they drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> no, FL is the wave. Um, yeah. Um, Where are you from? From Douglasville, Georgia. It's about like 30 minutes west of Atlanta. Mm. So I've kind of been around Atlanta for most of my life. 
I go to Georgia Tech now. Um, that's weird. Proudly or just with reverence? I go to Georgia Tech. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like a lot of people thought Georgia Tech was like Atlanta before they came. And it's not. It's yeah. Like you you got to go I to definitely feel like people got that perception that like because we're in the middle of the city, we are like popping. We're very popping. Right. Or we hold some of the or of Atlanta with, within the campus, but it's never like that. It's like, not like that. <laughs> I can go be stay on campus for like two months and not even realize I'm in the middle of the city. Exactly, nice. exactly. It's like you have to go to Atlanta from Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, so it's not really a scene here, but uh, I think I definitely love the people that I met. The My girlfriend is here. Like I know my girlfriend from Georgia Tech. Um, bro, I met you from Georgia Tech, both of y'all. So, uh, environment-wise, I do like where I'm at right mm-hmm. now in terms of school. But um, right now, I'm really about a lot more music right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, is it just because you found yourself to be more passionate about the music, or do you feel like the rigor and any other, like, quells that you had about Georgia Tech led into you diving more into different areas of expertise i feel like that's definitely a part of it just like kind of realizing oh this is not really what i'm messing with as much mm-hmm. that's definitely a part of it but what it mainly is is just like i'll be in the i cook up everything almost always in my room i don't go to the studio that much yeah so i just like mix and master whatever um but i feel like it's just mainly the feeling that I get when I'm making music, like how I feel about making music versus I'm not getting that from school, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a more of a realization of passion, like you said. Yeah. And it's just like kind of when I get into music, I'm make I'm in the zone type thing. Okay. So, yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Um, just kind of learning and understanding more so what I am passionate about and what mm-hmm. I love more. Yeah. Well, that's dope. That's dope. Did anything in like your childhood uh cause you to have a liking for music more than anything else? Oh no, I feel like I just keep I've always gravitated towards it. Like elementary school, I think we talked about this once, I had like this uh weird little group where we just kinda uh made songs together and kinda dance for the girls in uh, elementary school. <laughs> it was like doing short performances and whatnot. Some Chris Breezy type stuff. Yeah, we were trying to be like Chris, Chris Brown. Brown. <laughs> we were trying to be like Chris Brown. Not the bad Chris Brown. The Chris Brown before the hey, situation. No such you know? thing. No such thing. Whoa. Whoa. No such thing. I mean, if you're saying bad as of now, if you're defining off his actions, then I mean, if you're going off based off the music itself, if that's what you were going off of, then the music was fire. Yeah. Yeah. The music see was what you mean. But... Breezy's music always been fire. Music, it's just fire. Breezy as a person within the short like four or five years, he was not that man. He was a he problem. Wasn't. He was a problem. He was a problem. He was a beast. Cannot associate with that. But uh like I was saying, it's just like constant gravitation. Like middle school, me and my boy Caleb, we were just mm-hmm. always cooking up beats. Like on the weekends, we were like, uh, fuck it, let's go to my room, let's make beats, constantly doing that. High school, I got more serious about it. I started buying, like, equipment, mics, and uh, speakers and whatnot. And just kind of, I just love how music makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's the main thing. It's kind of just, like, 
I always feel like I'm being pulled towards it, pulled back towards it. Like, even if I'm trying to do something else, like, uh, I'll be in class and I'm thinking about lyrics. Okay. <laughs> I would be, like, writing lyrics in my phone. I'll miss whatever professor's saying, something like that. Okay. I'm thinking about, like, what melodies I'm trying to put together, what, like, I'm trying to work on sampling now, so that's definitely, with everything being online, bro, I'm just looking through YouTube, like, looking at Henri and old Japanese 80 samples and stuff like that. Mm. So it's just really that just keep getting pulled towards it. That's like really mm-hmm. been the biggest thing for me. And it was just like, you always had, like did you grow up in like a musical family? That's the thing, I really like, didn't like that. Oh. My parents definitely always played music around the house. My dad likes uh, Anthony Balicelli. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> the Italian singer. Look it up real quick. Oh, cannot look that up. Nah, but uh, my dad used to listen to like you know how black people always say they have the uh, Sunday morning clean-up music? Yeah. It was like the loud Italian man singing in my house. And uh-huh. it would be like, my mom used to rock with Rascal Flats uh-huh. and country music heavy. So it was just kind of weird influences. And like, I can see I'd that. say kind of unconventional influences. I can see inside, that. In the, in the household, at least. That affect, did that affect your music taste? Yeah, I think I listen to a lot of weird stuff. Like, I listen to, um, I've been listening to a lot more. Christian, my roommate, has influenced me to listen to a lot more uh, EDM and, like, PC music, mm-hmm. which is kind of something I was actually on a lot more in middle school, but, um... Bro, same. I was I feel crazy. Like, I feel like every black kid, every, like black, crazy every black kid at Tech has gone through that experience. I had a heavy, <laughs> but my thing was, I was a heavy house kid. So, like, I loved club music, like, that deep bass mm. club music, like, little Russian kid dancing in the club. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it fell off, but then it came back. And it's more like study music now. Right, yeah. right. The like lo-fi, yeah. YouTube. <laughs> Not it, it would go into lo-fi. I would say that. Yeah. But it's mostly, like, like heavy kicks and, uh, like, weird little samples that they keep on looping over and over and mm-hmm. over. Like, I don't really resonate a lot more with the new EDM or, like... Right. I would... That's dubstep to me. That yeah, is, that's yeah. I, yeah. I was on dubstep more in, like, middle school. But I yeah. feel like the heavy, um, like, kick, loud bass type thing is something I've always liked, which is why I'm, I'm a Yeezus stan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Yeezus stan. Like, that Yeezus album was killing me back in the day. I was like, yo, this is some crazy new stuff. This is fire. Dang. I'm trying to think. Where were you... During Jesus, what point were you in your life during Jesus? Both of you. Hold on. Jesus came out. When did he, when did he 2013. 2013. So I was like, that's pure adolescence. I'm getting ready to kind of ask girls out. I'm like trying to do the, uh, trying to act like folks in the movie, in the movies and whatnot. Trying to live <laughs> like a, a white high school dude. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Jesus was crazy. And then the Bound 2 video where he's like yeah, on the bike uh, with Kim, Kim K, K driving with the, the crazy uh, backdrop. I was like, yo, yeah, this man's a genius, bro. <laughs> Six years BC before COVID. Before COVID. Dang, that's how we like timestamp and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how we got to BC, man. BC. Before COVID. That's actually crazy. Where were you at? For me, I think like as far as where I was in life, I was kind of just trying to find out who I wanted more of, like, as friends. Because I was just, I kept moving a lot when I was younger. So when I, uh, I finally, like, started to hit as a lesson, I had finally moved to, like, an actual definite place where we stayed at. It's in a small town and outside of Gwinnett. 
um, called Swanee, Georgia. And it's like a small little suburban, a bunch of white people. But I mean, I remember getting like this one white friend, and his name was Wesley, and he used to listen to all kinds of music, he used to take to church or whatever. But like, that my music taste at the time was very different because it was more of like I was trying to listen to music to please other people. And it's just like, I'm listening to it just to hear it. And yeah. it was like, oh, you would put me on to some good stuff. Other song, I was just like, this just isn't made for me. But I still listen to it, though. You yeah. know? But I feel like the older I've gotten, I've uh, started to appreciate music more for what it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's just right. a form of expression for somebody's soul. And it's like, okay, I can understand what you're trying to say to this. And it's like, I feel like today people don't understand that. They're just trying to make music, make a quick buck, and get the fuck on somewhere. And I feel like that's not what music is to me. Music speaks to me more than yeah. it does than anything else. Because that's the one thing that makes me feel like, I somebody understands what the fuck I'm going through. They've done the same shit I'm doing. I'm not the only one in this motherfucker, so I'm going to do it with them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that makes sense. I feel like a lot of people go farther when it's not just about money for them. Yeah. Because that can only really get you so far. Exactly. Like you can be, that can be your uh, motivation or part of your motivation, but if the passion is lacking, if the drive is lacking, like, bro, what can that get you? You seen Little Pump? Dang. Where he at? Little Dang. I heard from that Dang. man forever. Where he at? Lil Pump fell off. Lil Pump fell off immediately. D Rose was crazy. Did he yeah. did he fall off or did he just give up and just lit dip with what he had? Well, I don't know. Nah, bro. He put out Gucci Gang and then what happened? Uh, I don't know, bro. I think he fell off. Yeah, because I, yeah, he fell off. But I I will say this: I do respect a lot of the uh, a lot of the older rappers inside the game. I really respect a lot of older rappers out the game because I feel like they're not being old heads anymore. It's not like, oh, you need to do it this way. This is how we're doing it back in my day. This is how music was back in my day. It's more like, okay, this is how you do the music now. I'm going to try and help you to do your music the best way possible. Like when Kanye helped Lil Pump with that one song. It was a trash song. That song was garbage. But the production wasn't that bad. <laughs> that song was garbage. Like, with the Roblox like, characters? Yes, the Roblox characters. Oh, <laughs> that was horrible. Dang. Let me take this call right back. All right. Oh, so were you more of a beat person or a lyric person, bro? Oh, Because I feel like that came up, for me. Bro, I was a beat, I mean a uh, lyric person I was to the lyric. max. I was like trying to listen to a lot of like Jay Dilla, like uh, MF Doom type, wordsmith type guys, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, Jay Dilla is definitely beats, like more crazy beats, but like, um, I'm saying like MF Doom, the the way he just twists his words and like his flow, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this is next level. next level. I was trying to copy that and emulate that a lot more. I feel like um, like a newer rapper that was doing that really well was probably Earl. And I was listening to a lot of Earl Dude. Sweat and then like, yo, the similes and how he was just piecing stuff together, it was kind of crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely leaning towards lyrics a lot more. But then I feel like once I started listening to a lot of um, I would say kind of Travis Scott influenced how I kind of felt about music as a whole because he was very focused on just the overall sound. And I feel like that's very important to just have a cohesive and uh, like a specific sound for yourself, whether it's like auto-tune or whether that's like how your beats are made. It's like something very specific and stylistic. It's a stylistic choice. So I feel like you have to have a perfect balance of both. You can't just be... Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Facts. People are going to fuck with it, I guess. Some people will like it, but you have to have that balance. Mm-hmm. And you can't just... Like, I, I used to mess with the conscious rap a lot more, but you can't just push that down people's throat all the time either. Yeah. Yeah. It's not more... Pop- like, conscious rap, it has to be good. 
It has to be good. It has to sound good. Like, you could talk about a lot of stuff, but if it doesn't sound good, I may understand it. I might have the ability to, you know, listen through the whole song, but everybody doesn't have that ability. Uh, so yeah. I feel like it's up to, like, newer artists to have more serious subjects and that are addressed in their songs. Yeah, for sure. I've seen Lil Baby do that, especially with BLM, how a lot of more rappers are talking about real issues yeah. in their songs like they did back in the 90s when they were actually talking about what they are doing. But it's still, it's still, you know, the few and the proud, and they're not Marines. So <laughs> I feel like it happens a lot more with the relevance of issues, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Lil Baby probably wouldn't have really made a song like that if it, if was. it wasn't yeah. for the protests going on right now. So it's just that, just having that even... Uh, that current event where we're having all these protests that makes people think about it a lot more and they mm-hmm. start writing about it a lot more so it's more i feel like it's more so not like that's not even really his style of rap or things that he would talk about it's mainly like chains and women and because it's, e- it's easier to probably write about the stuff that you're around right right mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a dope boy i'm, I'm expecting you to rap I about mean, being a dope yeah, boy yeah, like, like yeah, jay-z yeah. i mean you should expect him to write about yeah like de-slanging it's that's what it is yeah it's easier to rap about what you go through than it is to rap about something you don't go through. I don't understand. For sure. But then you have rappers nowadays just talking about money, guns, drugs. A lot right? of them niggas are lying though as well. Yeah. But you, <laughs> you, your best music comes from stuff that's from the heart, real. Yeah. It's usually written when you're around, or you you're, it's written about know. the stuff that's around you on a daily basis. Facts. Whether it's really revel- or relevant and uh, conscious or not. Mm-hmm. It's all about what's around you. So do you think that a lot of rappers nowadays are not, like, or they're detached from the rest of society and issues? I feel like you can choose to be detached. And if you make that choice, it's very easy for you to be like, all right, I'm going to go fly to this island for a while and just not think about whatever's going on in my society or in my environment. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to be like, oh, damn, this is kind of messed up. Like, I need to actually... Put my mind on this. Mm-hmm. Put my money towards this. Put my efforts towards this. That's what just makes you like whole, whole as a person, bro. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just about you. It's really not just about you. It's, yeah, like, in anything, in anything. I feel like, from more of um, a rapper standpoint, though, you have that media and you have like that following of people. So like, whatever every move you make is gonna be watched. So Very it's like kind of hard for you to just kind of cut something off because if you said the wrong thing one time in this cancel culture nowadays <laughs> yeah. they'll cut you off in a heartbeat they don't care i feel like that's why a lot of rappers don't try to stay out of things because like i don't want to lose my money my social income mm-hmm. if i say anything wrong that's it i'm done no people remember me anymore Facts. and it's just like i don't want to lose that that brings me to a great point so the whole ethos of this podcast is about talking about like herd mentality group think all that mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the power of cancel culture because I don't think it works bruh that's that's a lie bruh it works but it doesn't work I don't think it works I think it's like especially if you're already you're already clouded up yeah bro that does not work yeah like what's his name what's that uh gay makeup artist oh James Charles one of them one of them bro (laughs) (laughs) one of them bro I don't know it's just like you get these you got people pulling out receipts. You got people like doing hashtags, whatever. It's really kind of at some points. I just feel like people are bored sometimes, and they just want to like call somebody out. 
but nothing's really being done about it. I don't think cancel culture is really that crazy influential in terms of like actually getting something done. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the same time, though, cancel culture has been around for years, though. I mean, it's just not like being called it's just cancel high culture. High it's, high 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 media. it's just been given yeah. a name. Yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, social media, like back in the day, they used to try always get our black stars. Always. I mean, they used to always get black comedians, black celebrities, no matter what they did, they always try to cancel them immediately. Because mm-hmm. like, I feel like as a black celebrity, you got one mess up. That's it. You get one. You get one mess up. That's all you allow. You make anything other than that, they'll cancel you in a heartbeat. They don't care. I feel like it's different about the celebrities. But what does canceling do? Canceling does. I mean, as far as no one not listening to your shit. I don't want to listen to your stuff no more. We don't we don't, we don't produce your albums. People don't start liking your shit no more. I feel like it actually goes deeper than people think because sometimes what you may cancel, other people don't know. Cause it's like okay, I'm not this person for these reasons, but they must not. They don't know that. But when I do talk to that person and give them the knowledge that hey, they've been doing this and this is what they've been doing with their lives, and you right. still support them. People are like, oh shit, well I don't want to support that anymore. Then they spread it, and then everybody else knows. Right. It's like a rumor. You drop one rumor in the motherfucking t- in the tank. Everybody, yeah. wants, no one back checks that shit. So everyone just runs with it. That's the thing about rumors. It sucks. Ass. That's definitely the worst part of it. Is just people are so willing to jump on and be like oh, I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to put my two cents in and still act as if I know exactly what I'm talking Especially about. Especially hating ass niggas. Think about <laughs> it. Like, like, like Drake, for instance, right? If some like, when Drake had that kid, right? Motherfuckers hate Drake. They was hating on Drake immediately after that shit happened. They were trying to cancel that man so quick because people don't want him to have the clout that he has. People he just hate him sometimes. Clean. So. Yo, Drake. Nah, I'm not going to say that. What was he finna say about my boy? About, <laughs> what you about to say about Champagne Poppy? Go ahead. I was ahead. just gonna say something about his son having braids. I don't know. I don't know if I rock with it or not, but I'm gonna let it go. I mean, hey, hey, I mean. I'm gonna let it go. All right, because my thing is like, when I see it, because I'm not really on Twitter all the time, but when I happen to be on there, it's usually because I've seen articles about like somebody being canceled, like Doja Cat, for example. I had to leave Twitter. Everybody was talking about Doja Cat and Canceling her because uh, one she like duped horny people into well, thinking horny. that she was going to see her titties. Yeah, the yeah. was going yeah. down. And then she ended up in the group chat and she was talking about it. She was enabling them. She was letting them like get black cards and say things they shouldn't be saying and all that junk. But even though all that happened in the midst of like BLM and coronavirus and all that, it just got expunged and like nobody even talks about yeah. it. Yeah. There are bigger matters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's bigger matters at hand. But then, the after that, like, the awareness for what she did and what, like, mm-hmm. is wrong with what she's doing is not being preached about anymore. Nah, she put out a song and it went dumb. Like, she got hella support. Yeah. Even after all that. Yeah. So that's my thing. Like, I understand what people need to atone for their wrongdoing. And whether that's in the public eye or within the administration of the industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. But at least for our sake, the efficacy of canceling someone, I don't think is really doing anything to... Because it's only large uh, icons or celebrities that they're canceling. It would definitely work if it was somebody small that had a smaller base. But their base is so big that it's just like... This will go over, and people will still be hearing my name in you know a different hemisphere. Right, exactly. that's just like because like in the media's eyes, no such thing as bad press. Press is press. Yeah. So Facts. like, hey. So even when you're talking about her and giving her all the attention, 
She's still getting the thing is, though, There's somebody that's out there that's like, who's Doja Cat? Exactly. What I feel like cancel culture does do is kind of force people to feel the need to actually atone for their, like, wrongdoings. Okay. Like... It does put, put it, people it on puts the spot. People, like, people on when, spot. You're on the, when you're put on the spot, you're like, oh, dang, did I actually mess up? Like, do I actually need to apologize? Like, it definitely, I feel like, makes you think. Bro, you're... If, everybody looks at their phone, no matter how, uh, how rich you are, probably, uh... How much of a celebrity you are, you're gonna probably read the comments or something like that. Okay. You're gonna see the hashtag running, hashtag cancel Doja Cat, hashtag cancel Kanye, whatever. Like it's gonna make you at least think about it. I feel like that's maybe partially the main goal of cancel culture, but I really don't think it's doing that. Much. Yeah, I don't think that's the main goal. I think yeah. it serves that purpose, but just the public definition of cancel culture is to uh, prevent people from supporting said artist right. or said yeah, right. person. But if you have an intent of just getting that person to think about what they've done and to try and atone for their actions, I say it'll work. Because yeah, yeah. nine times out of ten, if somebody gets canceled on social media, they're going to like respond. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to apologize. Exactly. But will that hurt their numbers? No. no Negative. No, no. Not at all. My thing is, will it actually change their actions? That's what I feel like it doesn't I, have the I've never, I haven't seen a case yet. I haven't seen it like, actually change somebody's actions. When somebody got canceled and they were like they cha- they did a one eighty, and they started doing the right thing. I have I don't not think it seen that. Be that way in, in, in general though, because I feel like me as a celebrity, I've done all this shit to get to where I am. Who are y'all to tell me what I've been doing? Or like I made one mistake in my life. How was your mistake any different from my mistakes? And why should I change my entire life around? I mean, I'll see my problems, but I shouldn't have to go through this all this work or whatever just to please you. I have I have to worry about. There's a lot of right. things I gotta worry about in my life that you don't even know about. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what runs into the, into the problem as well. Right. So, do you feel like people should be, or they should think about their actions differently when they're in the public eye all the time? Mm. I don't know. I feel that's like, <laughs> I think it really matters. Like, you should be, but at the same time, Who's really making you? Exactly. Yeah, like like, yeah. like J. Cole said in one of his songs, once you get to a certain point in status where no one tells you not to do anything anymore. You can do whatever you want, like anything you want, and people going to... You just have to face the... You got to face it on face your the, own. If you're going to like go around doing and saying whatever you want, you have to be prepared for what's going to come out exactly. of that. Exactly. Like, you, you can't expect life to just go perfectly if you're going to keep <laughs> trolling and doing whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then, it brings you this question. Is there anybody that has been canceled that you would uh, go against it or you're against their cancellation, per se? It depends on the action. Yeah, so I'm saying, is there anybody that that you listen to or that you follow that's been canceled? Yeah, Kanye. Kanye has been canceled hella times. What do you th- Actually, I do have something to say about that. Um, Kanye is... I feel like he's a special case. I really be giving, um, I be treating a lot of black celebrities very lax, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but Kanye is somebody that I feel like is just always speaking his mind. Mm-hmm. Whether that gets him into some deep, deep water or not, I don't <laughs> know, but I don't know. What has he actually been canceled for aside from the Taylor Swift thing? And well, also supporting Trump, but like that's his, that's oh, his belief. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. I forgot about that. 
I yeah, mean, that's his weird. belief, though. I mean, he's I can't... actually messing some shit up, though. He did. He he's did. He did some say some up. things that were very out of pocket. But a lot of the, a lot of the things though that he was saying, people were like canceling him for, were just pulled out from a snippet or a podcast or interview that he had, and they were trying to change the whole narrative of what he was actually talking about. Right. If you what are you referring to? Uh, like when the he TMZ did something thing. like DMT, yeah, not the TMZ. You know, we're talking about uh, slavery was a choice thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That big thing. Everybody took that out of context. If you actually look yeah. to the entire interview, there's a whole reason that he said that shit, and it's way deeper than everybody was thinking. And I feel like they do they do that a lot when it comes to celebrities. They like to take they one little take excerpt. One little excerpt. And but like, it goes hey. back to like you got to know what you're saying. You got to know exactly. how people are gonna interpret what you're saying. Like, but that's but that's I feel like he does, he doesn't speak to low frequency people. He doesn't. Kanye speak. Kanye's at a point in his life where he has no tolerance for like people that aren't trying to you know see things the way he's trying to see it. Like, if you don't see, you know, 10 years in the future are just optimistic and are willing to see the world for the way it is, he don't really, he's not, like, really trying to adhere to what you you want to listen to. Yeah. Like, as far as that slavery thing, I remember when that happened, I was thinking, like, okay, that was the one where he was, like, Harriet Tubman and uh, the Underground Railroad. And all that and how like you chose to either do it or not do it mm-hmm. i feel like he's very misunderstood and he means it in the kind hard way or in a, in a way that it's just understanding because in the basic basics of it all we have a choice yeah. and maybe he's thinking about like back when uh Africans were beginning to get like uh, shipped out to the United States or to mm-hmm. just the Americas because it was South American and Caribbean as well, where you either have a choice to fight back or you have a choice to, uh, you know, follow them. Go, and that uh, that may not be what he's about to say or what he was trying to say with it, but I believe he's just he's not thinking about the same things that everybody else, else is thinking, thinking about, yeah. and the yeah. context between his words are a lot different. But at the same time, bro, he's not perfect, and it's really yeah, hard. as a celebrity, bro. You gotta you gotta understand impact versus uh, like intent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and difference. you're in the public light, so some you say if somebody takes it the wrong way, you can't blame them for that. Like slavery is a choice. That's a very weighted statement. Yeah, that's that's a that's a very weighted statement. <laughs> he was wilding when he said that, and I guess I don't know if I don't think I watched the entire thing. I don't know if he went more in depth with that or if he explained it better, but. It's the media. They're going to take your words and twist yeah. it. It's just like, it happens to everybody. It happens like middle school gossip, elementary school gossip. Like people are going to take what you say and they're going to twist it all your life. Mm-hmm. It's always been like that. So I feel like what it really comes down to is just kind of understanding that that might happen and just trying not to say something that could get twisted, I guess. Yeah. But that's censoring yourself at the same time. So it's just exactly. it's a huge exactly. dilemma. So it brings you to speaking your truth and speaking what will benefit other people right exactly. but then that's not it, it could stray away from what you're actually trying to say right so like in your music how do you uh assess whether or measure where you should be speaking your truth more or be focusing on your impact more and how those words affect other people i feel like i'm beginning to understand that and actually like fulfill that uh, my music is exactly that. It's my music, mm-hmm. and whoever's listening to it, they can interpret it the way that they want. I'm not going to go on there and just say, like, I'm not going to go on there. I'm going to say what I'm 
what's on my mind and what's in my like chest, what's I'm trying to get off my chest and put it mm-hmm. on, onto the uh, like the computer. I'm trying to lay it down. Yeah. But it's more like it's more of I just have to say what I think, and however you interpret it is however you interpret it. Because I can't censor myself like I was saying. Uh, it's just it it stops the creative process when you start to censor yourself and you start to think about what other people think yeah. which is something I've been trying to do with a lot more it's just like you gotta get rid of that oh dang I don't know if I'm, I'm gonna like this if they're gonna like this mm-hmm. like I would like I was always trying to say that that's just me being a perfectionist but it's kind of me overdoing it you know what I'm saying like you can't sit on something for mad long just cause you're not too sure if somebody's gonna like it like who cares you know what I'm saying yeah that brings me more to just uh, impact and censorship but with just music in general, how would you say, damn, I forgot my question. That's <laughs> wild. That's wild. <laughs> ah, damn. It was something about you rapping and, uh, oh. So, you have a lot of young rappers or aspiring people that are like, yo, I want to rap or I want to start a rap career and start like, uh, posting stuff on SoundCloud right. or wherever, Bandcamp, whatnot. But they're worried about what bars are hard or what people are going to think about their bars and how people are going to think about it and how that will affect their growth as right. a rapper. Right. What advice would you tell them? I would say, first of all, you have to develop confidence in what you're writing and you have to practice more. It's not just you write something and it's going to be perfect off rip. You have to write it. You might have to sit it, let it sit, come back to it and be like, whoa, this is actually good. Am I actually messing with this myself? And then after that, I feel like the next step is not surrounding yourself with yes men. I think that's a huge thing. It's like if you got everybody around you telling you, yo, this is fire. And you got like two views, two listens. That's not your boy. That that might, it might not be your boys. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. You really have to kind of first within yourself understand that like, okay, this is what I like. This is what I'm actually confident with. This is the sound that I like. This is my style. And then after that, once you're kind of, you don't even really have to care about what other people think. You can go ahead and put it out. But I think that if you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to be real with you and are going to be like, yo, actually, this and this is kind of a little lackluster right here. It's a little bogus. Uh, this bar is kind of it's kind of ass like it kind of helps you sometimes it, it, it definitely uh, helps you understand what just like what other people were trying to hear mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. because that does matter it does matter for success it doesn't I don't know because there's a very fine line between like what I want to listen to and what I think other people want to listen to and it's just once you kind of figure out your lane and you kind of can capitalize on your lane I think that's when you get people to understand you like it's more so like can somebody understand me through my my music mm-hmm. can somebody know what I'm going through through my music you know what I'm saying yeah so I think that's a big part of it is just like once you can put your own identity into your music that's how you can get people to like tag along and start so you're saying you if they can fully portray what you're trying to say through the yeah. song then you've done your job yeah and now the rest is up it's to it's, it's worth you don't have to worry about that that after yeah. the, after that point it's more like did i put all my all into it did i put everything that i could have put into it did i do that and then from that point let me just do the 
the marketing, the whatever. Let me get it out there and see what people are talking about. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then, would you say form your style first, and then tweak it with each song to uh, appeal to you know listeners better? Each song, each project, more so than what the listener wants. It's not really about the listener. In all honesty, it's about kind of, oh, I made this last week. I don't like this part of the song no more. What would I do differently for a different song? What would I say differently for uh, a different album? Or what would I portray throughout that album? What story am I trying to tell in that album? You know what I'm saying? So it's not really like, what are other people trying to hear? It's more so, I feel like you have to understand what you want first mm-hmm. before you worry about what other people are trying to hear. Because yeah. that that confuses you a lot more. Like, that's something I've really been. I, I think about that all the time. Like, dang, is somebody else gonna like this? Like, bro, who cares? Like, it's really like you, you can't have think to be. For everybody else. You can't think for everybody else. You gotta think for yourself. Exactly. So that's really the main thing. It's just like understanding yourself and then putting that into your craft first. Mm-hmm. Because the person listening to it is not the person that made it. Yeah, that's true. I got you. So then, I'm curious. As you was growing up, how do you develop your style as a rapper? Because everybody has their own style or the different way they rap, different cadences. How do, how do you start going about that? And when you consciously realize, like, you know, your style is changing, what were some things that you did to change it to something that you wanted? Right. Um, I would say that a lot of like stylistic changes that I've seen within myself come from just listening to more music and um, trying out different things. Like, uh, I haven't really messed with autotune at all, but that's something that I'm kind of like looking into a little bit more now. I'm just like, do I actually like how this sounds? Do I like layering my uh, vocals differently? Do I like a little bit more of this ambient sound? Or do I like how it sounds when it's like a more darker song? or like upbeat so it's really experimentation Mm -hmm. before you can land on something and be like dang this is going crazy for me you know what i'm saying so it's really just like you got to kind of bounce around and you have to kind of see what avenues are really opening up for you and what you like and once you're dipping your feet in different pools you can combine a bunch of different things and come to like something brand new you can make something brand new Mm -hmm. it's all about experimentation i think that's the main thing okay yeah to just like random changes yeah I used to just like filter through crazy tight beats just like trying to make my own beats like listening to different sounds like seeing how uh, other producers are making their melodies making their uh, 808 sound differently Uh, I don't know it's just like you really have to keep keep doing different things before you can find what is you or what is like your sound I got you and you start with the lyrics first, then the beat, or make it's the different beat first? because sometimes I'll start with the lyrics mm-hmm. and I'll try to build a beat around it. But um, I'd say since I've been making, I've been producing a lot more recently. I would say that the beat has been coming first. Okay. It's been like the sound has been coming first, and then the lyrics are kind of coming with the melody after. Mm-hmm. That's been a big part of it. It's like. I've been writing to the beat a lot more, but sometimes, like I was saying earlier, I'll just, lyrics will come into my head and it, it has to get written down. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes it's like the beat comes first, but other times it's a different process when 
it's just maybe my mind's wandering and I write something down. I got you. Yeah. And the worst part is I haven't been producing in a minute. For real? You gotta get back into it. A hot minute. Nick showed me one of those beats that you made. It was crazy. I can't remember. It was fire. Oh, he did say that. Um, yeah. How did you get into producing? You just said with your friend, right? Yeah. Um, my boy Caleb, I think he's in New York still. I'm not sure. But um, we it was like, I would say seventh, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. About then... It was like Mixcraft 6 or something like that. I can't remember the name of the DAW exactly. It was like a Bandcamp-esque type uh, interface. But it was really, we would just, we'd be on the Looperman looking for the craziest sounds we could find, just putting beats together. And then, like, we didn't have recording software, so it would really be like we'd record through the the Apple headphones or something like that and just maybe put some lyrics over it. And it was really, like, a lot of just like i was saying experimentation and seeing mm-hmm. what different sounds we like messing with jazz messing with uh hard rock sounds messing with boom bat rap sounds like it was just a bunch of placing my hands in different spots mm-hmm. yeah so do you say as you learned to produce more did it aid in your writing process or at least not even in your writing process but as a rapper like because I understand how this beat is made, I know that I can't uh, hit certain notes right here Mm -hmm. because it's like frequency. Mm -hmm. Or has it helped you better visualize how songs are going to go? Yeah, it definitely, like, in terms of arrangement, in terms of just organization and how I'm trying to put it all together as one piece, just learning how to produce more and learning how to mix and uh, master and engineer in general has just been a huge part and it's been super integral for, like, just understanding how to make something very cohesive, yeah. make something one. Because if you, I don't know music like in terms of uh, like scales, in terms oh, yeah. of like. I, I don't know how to read Yeah, music. like I can't read music. Like, it's, that's not hard, it's not hard. Are you sure? I, I learned it and forgot What's it. What's it called? So I had to uh, I had to play viola when I was younger. So I had viola, to, I had to like, learn how to fucking read music. I had to take a music theory class. She was crazy. It's very different because it's like, there's actually math behind that shit. A lot of number Word. behind that shit that goes behind people don't realize. And yeah. it's like people who actually like produce beats, like someone who's like an actual fire, like engineer, probably is like doing those a lot of fucking math that people don't think about. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's like a, because you gotta yeah, think you gotta about time, yeah. Yeah, not even just timing, you gotta think about the signals processing. That's actually like, I had to take uh, last semester digital signal processing. It's like being able to convert that uh analog sound, digital sound, and it's like there's a lot of shit that goes into it. You got noise, you got yeah. my fucking like just shit that just comes in and you don't even think about. Oh, I'll tell you this. My circuits class basically taught me more about uh, like DAWs and songwriting than, really? than any YouTube video ever did. Because the entire board is basically a bunch of resistors and potentiometers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you're only tweaking those values. So you're only tweaking the voltage that comes out or that's received by a resistor or uh, a transformer or something like that. Okay. It depends. And like all AM radio is, is that it's a, it's a standard sine wave that mm-hmm. has a message encoded in it. So mm-hmm. it might be a higher frequency, but lower amplitude. Uh, same sine wave may have a different frequency. Right. And then it's just encoded in there. So then you just use like a resistor to uh, decode it. Oh, that's crazy. It's all, it's all one circuit. It's yeah. all one circuit. It's crazy to me. 
That is very wild. Circus seems wild. Dude. That class. Yeah. <laughs> it's not crazy. I won't say that. It's just... If you're not... I'll say that about all classes. If the teacher is not willing to put in the effort, you will have a much harder time. Yeah, even not, for... Like, interested in Yeah, even for students that, like, love the class or love yeah. whatever they're doing, I feel like the professor makes it... The mm-hmm. professor can either make it a great experience or a very hard experience. Yeah. Facts. Mm. I don't know. People be loving school. People be loving school. <laughs> that sense. It's those same people that, like, they pursue a doctorate and they pursue uh, becoming an actual professor. Yeah, I, I, I could. I don't know. be me, bro. You know what? I'm going to get a professor up here next because I really want to see what goes on in their head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But love and rapping. What you know about that? <laughs> what I know it's about love basketball. and rapping. <laughs> love and basketball. Not love and basketball. I'm dead. <laughs> for I'm your dead. heart. <laughs> <laughs> Write me a song for your heart. Yes. Uh, I just now actually started talking about love more. I think in your I'm, music? In my music, yeah. Um, I feel like when I was younger, I thought I knew kind of more so what love really was, but that shit's tough. I'm gonna be real shit. I ain't no shit about love. I don't know nothing about love. I was trying to hold on. Bro, I seen it. I gotta reach out this quote then. Shit, hold on. I was sitting there in love. I don't know better as I'm good. (laughs) I've been straight on love until a minute, until recently, but I don't know. I think a big thing is kind of balance. You got to balance. That's very true. If you can't manage your time, mm-hmm. you should not be pursuing your dreams and loving a girl. You or a man. Or a man, woman, whatever. Yeah. You got to learn how to... Like, I'll say that. Balancing, not only just, like, your love life, but everything. Social life and... Social life academic life health spiritual when you have a goal in mind is a lot more difficult but you always have to remember to put time into that goal like especially now even though i love making this podcast it is hard as hell to find time to be able to uh you know look at videos and uh study different podcasters to the point that i even do it while i'm doing my other work right so at this point in my life like i've i've experienced i experimented had a relationship and it's just like I'm not ready for that life now not yet because I'm just not willing to give up the time that is needed to you know nurture a healthy relationship yeah that's really the mm-hmm. biggest thing is time you gotta yeah. put in hella time like it's time and effort and money oh my well, god well oh, not all god I'm broke as hell <laughs> Not, yeah. but it really is a lot about balance. If you don't have your head right, it can't work. It can't mm-hmm. work if you don't have your head right because it's like you're learning how to understand another human being, and that is very difficult. It's not mm-hmm. something that you can just say, All right, I'm gonna text you this week and then I'll see you next month. That's how I operate. That's how you operate. <laughs> I know how you move. <laughs> I know how you move, bro. Exactly. Like, I don't know. It's just hard. It is very tough. Because 
having a passion is like having a whole other girlfriend that got her own series of issues. Right, exactly. It's like you're you're creating something out of nothing. You're starting a business with zero experience, you know, zero equipment, zero connections. You're making them all your own. They're all going to come with their own sorts of problems because you need those to be able to do what you got to do. Right. And you have to deal with all the heartaches that come like that. Like, I had mentors that come and talk to me and they're like, this life is stressful. Like, being an entrepreneur is very hard and I love it, but it takes a toll on me. Bruh, blood, sweat, and tears is not a metaphor. That yeah. is a real, real thing. Like, it really takes a lot of work and a lot of just like you gotta get grimy, you gotta get in there, you exactly. gotta keep grinding. But it really it it draws down to time management. Like you gotta you gotta break out this piece of time yeah. and go crazy, and you gotta break out this piece of time, keep going crazy with 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 whatever like sector of your mm-hmm. life that is. Yeah. So how do you do it? Do you have a rigid plan, or do you just have a notion in your heart like, yo, I, I need to work on this or you, you thought about this because you haven't been doing it for a long time. So, like, let me get back to that. I'll be in my room in the late nights, speaker stomping. Sad boy. Annoying honest. my roommates like 2 a.m. making music. I really will get it in at any time. Like, it's for in terms of music, it's like if I'm not in the studio, I'm in my room either cooking up a beat or trying to write to a beat or something. We in the studio right now? Hmm? What's up, then? You some bars? (laughs) 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 But, yeah. It's a constant grind. I'll say that. It doesn't happen sweet in any... Like, Nas, you know best. If you're (laughs) trying to go and put dude track as a D1 athlete, how much time were you putting into it? You was putting more time than you needed to into it to get in here. That's true. I mean, I feel like, because when, when you say love, that's what I think about. When you say love, I think of track, because it's like the one thing. You have that, to love it if you that, want to get fired. Exactly. Life is, as a collegiate athlete, is way different than a high school athlete. It's like, it's a whole different like level yeah, of playing. It's like, it's not even, fuck a full-time job. That's your girlfriend now. Damn. That's your wife. That's your wife. That's your wife. That's your, wife. <laughs> That's your second wife. That's your wife. I mean, like. In Mississauga. Yeah, and I feel like for me, uh, when I first got here, a lot of the problems I had was, because who I am as a person, I used to uh, always try to, I guess, find love in all the wrong places. And it was, I was worried about females, worried about this, or worried about how I carry myself females. and shit women. like that. Women. Women. Worried about women. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it just kind of messed me up because I kept getting off track of, like, what I needed to be doing. And when I finally buckled down, and was like, all right, let me lay out what the fuck I got and see what I actually have, work on with the things that I do have. It helped me a lot easier. Like, it made things way easier because I saw the things that actually I cared about and I wanted to go ham for. That, like, everything else outside of whatever this is doesn't matter. It, it makes it, you go tunnel vision. For exactly. Real. Yeah. And it's like, in track, it's, it's a complete mental sport. That's all it is. And the love you have to have for it is completely different than anything else because to wake up every morning, you see me waking up 6 a.m. every fucking morning, to go out there and bust my ass and all this physical exercise, all the mental pain I got to go through yeah. of 
okay, I got school, also got this. I got to balance all this to make sure this is okay. I got professors telling me, hey, you got to get this done. But at the same time, my coach telling me, hey, you got to get this done at the exact same time. And it's like, there's days when I'm like, bro, fuck this. This just, this is not it. Like, I don't feel like going through this stress. But at the same time, there's that level of, this is the only thing that keeps me grounded. It's like, this is the thing that makes sure that I'm okay. Right. Like, when shit's going wrong, I know that I have this. I know that I can come out here and focus on my craft. Mm-hmm. And it's like, being able to focus on your craft and tunnel everything out and just nothing else matters helps a lot. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to deal with people's thoughts, people's opinions. It's just you whenever the fuck you're working on. All right. Yeah. All right. Like, when I was playing tennis, bro, playing tennis. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Black friend. Like, it's not even like it was a notion that was commonly accepted, but it was a proven fact. If you didn't step on that court in a week, you were not playing the same. So it was mm-hmm. like you have to be at it every yeah. day of the week, right? Almost if you want to be at the top level. And dudes, I was playing with some of them were getting homeschooled. They ended up getting college offers. But the thing is, in the tennis world, like college is not the pinnacle. It's getting on tour, and getting on yeah, tour is yeah. going basically saying, you know. I'm going to do tennis professionally. I have to be within a certain, like, pedigree of skill so that I can even be accepted by, like, the administration. Or looked at, yeah. Yeah, to get looked at. And then even then, I'm going to get paid trash in the beginning because that's true. I'm just doing small-time tournaments. You basically have to build your way up to get into the big tournaments that have all the money. So you got to love it, man. You really yeah, if you don't love it, bro, you're going to give up quick. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you're I've not seen it happen money. with so many people, especially in like for college, like collegiate athletics. People get in here thinking that it's all shits and giggles until you start doing it. And it's like, wow, this is completely different. If you right. don't love the sport that you're doing, you might as well pack up your bags, son. This ain't it. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I keep, like, it took me a good year to start thinking about it in retrospect about like what are my aspirations what I want to do and how am I going to do it and under- you have to understand yourself as a person like when it took me being in a relationship to actually learn that and if I wasn't in it I think I would be a lot more lost now mm-hmm. than I was if I had been through that experience so like I'm thankful for it mm-hmm. and all the times I've had with it because now I'm able to think the way I do right and it's like I feel like me 2.0 or something like that. Uh, to the people that are out there like thinking, I'm not trying to revert you away from love. It's a learning experience, but you have to be ready for it. You can't just go in there blindly and get stuck because you can get stuck very easily and become complacent and end up somewhere where you, you're not trying to be at all. Exactly. But like you're so far down the road that there's nowhere else for you to go. And I feel... I've heard a lot of stories about people ending up like that. You just have to be real. And relationships are a great place for you to learn about yourself, learn about somebody else, learn about your outlook of the world. But you have to know what's right for you. Right. Because you play a dangerous game sometimes, yeah, right? You can get hurt kind of bad. You get hurt. Some people go crazy. Like, literally, no bullshit. Like, heartbroken, they start moving different. Absolutely. That's probably probably one of the scarier parts is just like trusting another person that much mm-hmm. and like giving yourself to another person like that's a lot to ask for and that's mm-hmm. a lot to deal with that's tough it's very tough <laughs> but the thing is it's like a double-edged sword because if it doesn't work out 
it's not like depending on the amount of attention that both parties gave it, they're most likely going to end up like having after effects or feeling bad for some sort yeah. of way. But depending on how much attention you gave the actual relationship, that uh, varies the time that yeah. you spend in that that dark low point. It could be smooth too, though. Like you can just kind of yeah. works out. You, you, Everybody it depends. Everybody it depends. If you that rare breed that goes through every relationship and you guys are just cool, like I, I applaud you and I want to take notes. I don't talk to none of my exes, bro. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my room talking to my soul. <laughs> Dang, that's hella true. But you know what? This is my girlfriend right here. You see this blue Yeti mic? I'm not shouting them out. But, you know, they do make a solid product. Shout out, Road. I'm giving them a shout out. Not here. <laughs> I need a new mic. Or, I don't know. I need... What I was thinking, I was going to get... I messed with Road, so... I'll, I got to look into it. But I need at least, like, two mic scenes. Two mics. Two headphones. And, uh... A nice-ass green screen. I'm gonna make it look like Adult Swim. It's gonna be like an Adult Swim show. I'm coming for Action Bronson's throne. That man, Action Bronson, is hilarious. Facts. But uh, so last question because I know we gotta wrap things up soon. Where can we find you both at? To find your boy Sam on uh, SoundCloud and all streaming platforms uh, at Sam Kofi. Um, social media, you got me on Twitter. Kill Sam Kofi, K I L L. Why kill him? I actually changed it on Instagram because I feel like that was a little bit of negative energy. I was like, you know what? I'm going to shout out my mom. So on Instagram, <laughs> it's shout out to Joan, spelled S O U T. Whoa. Yeah, S O U. Bro, shout right, out to H. Joan. If you find it, you find it. <laughs> hold on, yeah, so this like, is just S. Wait, 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 the S is for shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Okay, I was, okay. Okay. I was, like, where is I was always H? trying to figure it out. <laughs> right, like. <laughs> In school, I used to go through this phase where I would just delete my Instagram, like, very often. The IG is S-O-U-T-T-O-J-O-A-N. That's Shout funny. out to my mom. That's funny. We'll put it in the link in the description. That's Dang. Nas? That's funny. That's just, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really on uh, any media platforms right now, because I've just been kind of focusing on me. So... But if you do want to find me, uh, find him on the Got Tech 2020 2021 <laughs> track roster. Yeah, you can't see him on the roster. That's facts. But uh, on IG, it's Nasir Omar. So then my name N A S I R Omar, and then on uh, Twitter, Nasty Nas four one zero. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, this has been another episode of Own. Thank you guys for all your support. And uh, I'll just ask you if you like the message, if you appreciated this episode and was able to learn anything from it, please go like, leave a review, share it, subscribe, you know, let's help make this community bigger. So it's your boy Mario signing out for another time in home. I'll see you in two weeks. Boom. 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 Boom.